When you don't know something, you fear it. And when you fear it, you hate it, you oppose it, you fight it, or you convince yourself that you don't like it. We all have limitations and they're real for everybody. But at some point, you have to make the choice of not listening to those inner limitations. At the end of the day, we're all scared in some way. We all feel not enough in some area of our lives. We all have experienced some kind of trauma. But to move forward, choose not to listen and just do that project, that thing, that performance, that artwork. These are things that we talk about with today's guest, a former professional Latin dancer, a mother of two beautiful children, a wife, a creator, an artist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, businesswoman, and a very kind soul. Buju Perez was born in Istanbul and raised in New York City since the age of two. She moved to Boston and attended Boston University to study international business, where I met her, really, when she started her journey as an international renowned dancer, while also working in corporate world, then becoming a businesswoman with her unique line of shoes and to become the amazing person that she is today. We talk about her journey and about making conscious choices and also listening to the opportunities that life brings to you. How dancing is for her, her therapy and medicine and part of her identity. We talk how you have to take risks when great opportunities present in your life. And even though you can calculate some of the risks, at the end, you have to make the jump and take a leap of faith. She shares how working with her life partner has meant working on their communication skills and regularly checking on their common path and values and having deep, sometimes tough conversations. And as she says, you do want to have open and honest conversations when you're making any major life decision with your partner. Buju is a big fan of coaching and therapy. She shared the creation process of her business that is now thriving and how in 2020 she almost lost it all. And by being able to diversify, make new connections, being willing to shift directions and put the work, her business now is better than ever. We talk about leadership and teamwork, how she chooses to create that what she sees as a need and is not created yet. And how we're all equipped to be a leader and a creator if we just don't listen to our limiting beliefs and choose to take action. We also talk about the challenges and barriers that women face in the dance world and how when we take a step back from that which we are immersed into is when we gain perspective. She shares her struggles as a business owner and a mother of two, sharing the time between those two worlds. And we talk about guilt. And we also talk about the practice of giving oneself grace. She shares for those people that say that they can't do something because they would not get it right, how much she failed and got wrong. But that didn't stop her. She learned to fall in love with failing. We talk about how to keep business going into the unknown future and the traits you need if you don't want a life-altering or a wall-altering event to take you out. We talk about change and what she believes is causing most of the problems in the world. Like I said in the episode, Buju walks the talk and she does so in style and in high heels. Don't miss a heartbeat of this deep and open conversation. Are you ready? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? 
What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different live events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Today, I have with me a former professional Latino dancer, a mother of two beautiful children, a wife, creator, an artist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, businesswoman, and a very kind soul. Buju Perez was born in Istanbul and raised in New York City since the age of two. She moved to Boston and attended Boston University to study international business, where I met her, and where she was introduced to salsa, a dance that spoke to her in ways other dancers didn't. In 2003, she made the life-changing decision to pursue a full-time career in Latin dance, leaving her co-finance job, and was one of the four co-founders of an international dance company, Achay Machete, with whom she has traveled all over the world. In 2009, she founded and is the CEO and lead designer of a world-renowned dance shoe, Dance Heels brand, Buju Shoes, based out in Massachusetts, USA. Her shoes have been worn on several seasons of Dancing with the Stars, and also by very high artists like Jennifer Lopez, Christina Aguilera, Ariana Grande, Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion for numerous concert tours and award shows such as MTV's Video Music Awards, and by thousands of dancers and women around the world. So let me dive in this beautiful, wonderful woman's world. Hi, Burju, how are you? Hi, Christina. It's such an honor to, well, it's a pleasure to see you after so many years and an honor to be invited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so yeah, excited. I'm really, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm really happy to reconnect with you and, and see you again after so many years that we've known like for 20 years or something like that. And yeah, it's been great to see you grow and from a dancer and also to this amazing entrepreneur woman that you are and a mother of two beautiful children. So can you share a little bit of your story, like your transitions of from? Uh, well, where do I start? I mean, I'm I'm a child of two, you know, immigrant parents that came to this country, not uh, speaking any English. So their only way was to start a business in essence to survive. So they started a travel agency um, and serviced um, Turkish uh, people that wanted to travel to Turkey so they could speak in their native language. And um, growing up in that, just seeing their spirit, how hard they fought, what they did, I just think it came very natural for me to also understand and be willing to embrace that. I mean, it's always very scary to do anything on your own. Um, but also, I think they came to this country to kind of create an opportunity for me to, you know, get a great education, not be limited by some things that were limiting in our, where we're from. Um, and, you know, they kind of um, encouraged, I don't, I don't say push, no, they were very open and, and generous and supportive, but, uh, you know, the higher education into kind of a, a very solid career path, you know, that was kind of the thing. And I never really knew what I wanted to be. I always admired anyone that I saw that was like, I want to be this. And they were so focused. And I kind of felt like I was all over the place. I, I was like, well, I like this and I like that. And I love this. And I just kind of did everything. I did a little art. I did a little dance. I did a little music. I did, you know, some, you know, I was very into math. I was like, maybe I got to do engineering. I don't know. I, my brain was everywhere. So in college, I, I did the typical thing and I had no major for a while. And then I went into, um, you know, 
international business and relations, if you'll call it, kind of as broad or general as it could be, still not knowing. Uh, but dance has always been something that I think was, um, it's, I always say it's, 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 it's me, it's part of me, it's part of who I am, it's how I express myself, it's my therapy, it's my medicine. Um, and we can go on and on about how many benefits dance has for anyone. Uh, but to be honest, I, you know, I was never, I never thought it could be something that could be a career for me. Uh, you know, I, I was like, oh, I got to go to college. I got to get a real job, you know, whatever a real job is, right? Back then, yeah. remember, we're talking about 20 yeah. years ago. So yeah. anyone listening, please keep that in mind. Um, so I was like, I don't know what I want to be. So um, I got a job in finance, but I was doing dance um, quite aggressively in any spare moment of time I had. I was fascinated by the New York style of, of mambo. So um, at the time, my boyfriend, now my husband, Victor, and I, he was my dance partner, we would travel to New York on weekends. We would leave on like a uh, Friday night or early Saturday morning, drive down to New York and take as many classes on the weekend. And Sunday night, we'd be back so we could go back to work in corporate America, right? Whatever that is. Um, and, you know, we just, we were, we, we had great friends, Sammy and Lisa, we started this company and it, we kind of were doing these local shows at a, a nightclub here, a wedding there, and it was doing all right. And we just really, we were into, we just loved it. You know, we were following mm -hmm. our hearts. Um, we kind of started teaching some classes locally in Lawrence out of a club right before like the club opened. It was like a community driven class. We started working with um, the High Square Task Force, which is a nonprofit organization out in JP that focuses on um, giving access to youth, um, all, all kinds of arts and just outlets, you know, so they're doing something, mm -hmm. you know, to to engage them creatively and, and, and in other ways. Um, so it just, it was, it, we loved it. I mean, every moment that we weren't at a job, we were doing that. And then in 2003, yeah, it was just kind of like, um, I had this opportunity at the time, a mentor of mine, Juan Matos, um, mm. who, um, you yeah, remember Juan Matos, he was yeah, just yeah. amazing, creative, out of the box genius when it came to Latin dance. He was, um, out of New York. This is before he moved to Europe and he was starting something called Fogarete, a dance project and he kind of invited us and other couples um, into this group. So we were training on the weekends doing that. And he would be booked sometimes to go on tour um, to a Congress or like, like these longer tours. And he had other, um, another beautiful woman, um, Kimberly Flores, who's out in New York city now doing um, lots of amazing act. She's an actress. Um, and Jane Lee Ortiz was also an actress. And so he, those were his main like partners that he traveled with, but there was an opportunity to go to like Italy and then Turkey. And he invited me to travel mm -hmm. with him. And it was going to be like for three weeks or something like that. And I was like, I don't have three weeks of vacation time. And then Victor who's the most supportive husband was like, why don't you just quit your job and do it? And I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's crazy. Like, what if they <laughs> What if I don't get a job when I get back? Like, he's like, look, we've been doing this for a few years now. I mean, the dance classes are doing decent. He's like, I'll keep working, but you go for it. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. Like, when are you going to get this opportunity again? So uh -huh. I did. <laughs> so I don't know if I made the choice willingly. I was kind of like, kind of, you know, you, you have like, it's an opportunity. It's like, oh my God, like you get support. And like I said, thanks to Victor, I had the courage to do it. And after that, I never went back. I mean, you know, we started growing our lessons, our classes. Um, then our Ajemacheta got more popular. So we started, you know, traveling and touring. And we've been able to see so much of the world um, thanks to that. And I'm so grateful for that. 
And, you know, on the side, because um, like you, as you were telling me earlier, like I'm this person that always does a little bit of everything else. <laughs> yeah. <side. laughs> so my little hobby or, or fetish, I don't know if you want to call it of shoes, I was like kind of bedazzling and DIYing my own kind of okay, shoe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, you know, dance shoes, a typical ballroom, yeah. like satin copper tone shoe. And I was like, well, I want to kind of make them red and sparkly and have feathers. And so I was doing all that. And then my dance team wanted them. And then friends of my friend, other dancers. And I was like, huh, this little, little side hustle on the side of the dance gig. And that's kind of how I got into it. I have no background in manufacturing. I have no background in, you know, design. Um, I also, I mean, I, I don't have a degree in dance or movement or running a dance school. So we went, you know, with our gut and our love of sharing this art form and these things with people and community and worked really hard. I mean, um, I think it was another year or year and a half later that Victor was also able to uh, retire. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Quit from his corporate <laughs> job. Quit <laughs> um, the nine to five to work 24 seven, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how that is. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, that was our life for like 15 years. That's all we knew is like dance, dance, dance. And it was amazing. And we loved it. I, I feel very fortunate that I got to share it with my husband. Um, I can't, I, mean, I can't imagine traveling that much, not with like your partner, you know, yeah. I'm not saying dance partner, but you're like a life partner. I was yeah. lucky that it was all built in one for me. So I had the easy way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you always supported, right? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting that you say easy because some people find it very difficult, like to work and dance and do the whole thing with your partner. So it's beautiful that you had that. Well, there was that experience. too. There was that too. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I'd be like, you know, you get a little tension at work and then you're like home and you're like, wait a minute, you're the one I'm tense with right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, but I can tell you this, I think uh, the whole experience, um, we had no choice but to work on being better communicators. Um, because there was no way, I mean, you know, that you could be, you know, in a relationship, either married or romantic, or whatever, and work together and not learn how to really communicate, you know, in an effective, in a respectful way with each other. And let me tell you, I, I don't claim that we're experts. Uh, let me, you know, now we have kids, so that's a whole other level of um, yeah, communication. Yeah. So yeah, I just think it's a constant work in progress. And I think if you have a partner that's willing to work on it with you, because we, we have some crazy conversations, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on everything still after 20, it's not about that. Uh, we're different people, you know, currently, you know, I'm more focused on this business. Uh, Victor started kind of his own desires of moving on in careers. And so we're bringing new experiences to the table and we're growing as individuals in a way it's now a little bit separate than we were before. And so now it's interesting, but that communicate, it's always going back to communication and how can we talk better? How can we respect each other, where we're coming from, what our experiences are. So yeah, that's where that's good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was one of my questions. Like, how do you how do you manage, you know, living together, working together, dancing together, parenting, you know, and everything. It's it's a lot. So I think the key that you're saying is communication, working yeah. on the communication with your partner all the time. And it grows and it changes. So because you yeah. change as a person. Yeah. 
and getting help because the thing is, I, you know, we're in our own heads, right? So I'm a big fan of coaching and therapy. Like I'm very fortunate at one of my business partners. She's actually a coach. I have like a built-in coach in my business. Like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> we got to talk about something before I can focus on anything else, everybody. You know, it's a night, we have a nice, small, tight organization. And so, you know, I have that and, you know, I, I, have done and and actually recently went back to therapy. I mean, I just think it's really important to keep working on that, you know, and exploring like why am I stuck in certain areas of my life? I can't see outside of myself a lot of times. So going to therapy, having a coach, having a good friend you can talk to and just really just hear, you know, get it out of your head and then have uh, new ideas kind of presented for you or just kind of being able to talk through it. And then I'm able to do better when it, with my relationships, you know, whether it's work yeah. or re- personal, even with my kids, are you kidding? They put me in therapy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Though. They're great. They're great humans. I mean, again, like learning how to commute, communicate with little humans. Like they're, I'm, I, I try not to think of them as just, oh, they're just kids. We don't talk about that. Or they're just, you know, they're people, they have opinions, they have experiences. Yes. They may be less than the ones we've had, doesn't mean we're any better. So I really try to always remember that this is another human being with thoughts and ideas and feelings and real emotions. And I am not the boss of them. I am not to be, I'm not trying to overpower them. I'm trying to just have real and honest and vulnerable conversations with them. Like I I tell them where I'm at, like mommy's frustrated right now. I don't know how to handle myself right now. Yeah. I don't know how to compose myself right now. So you know what? I'm going to go take a walk. And when I'm calmed down, we'll have a conversation, you know, and I'm hoping through that I'm leading by example. So like, you know, everyone says, oh, my kids are always throwing tantrums or they're so misbehaving. And I'm like, like, give them a chance to express themselves. I I mean, I sometimes I feel like an adult that wants to throw a tantrum. So I'm like, let me go get some headspace and, and then have a conversation when I'm in a better headspace. And I think that really helps um, the conversations I have with my kids. I think some people are like, you talk about what? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, if they ask it, it's a conversation we're having and it's going to be an yeah. honest one, whatever it is, you know? Same yeah. with the husband. I got to be real with him sometimes. We don't always yeah. like it, but we got to be real, right? Yeah. So. No, and it's beautiful what you say because some people feel like coaching and therapy is either when you have some type of illness or when you cannot do things on your own and that means that you're not strong or that you're not, you know, that you're not healthy mentally. And it's important to know and the way that you said, like, I'm in my head, I can only know what I know that is in my head. So to have another perspective, which is kind of coaching or a therapist who can know like paths or things that people can get stuck in is really, really helpful. And I think people should see that more, you know, some people, not, not everybody has that, but some people see it as a, like, I don't, I'm not good enough or I cannot handle my problems. I'm, you know, and it's not, it's, it's another way of learning about yourself. Absolutely. I really think it should be something that's just as normal as an annual checkup. Like you go to check, you know, do a doctor. Like, I think, you know, yeah, you said it, we only know what we know, whether we're an entrepreneur, you know, in, on a career path, you know, parents or not um, in relationships, out of relationships, you only know what you know, you know, you're limited to your own experience and just, just constantly exploring and exploring those ex- experiences and, and how you've kind of interpreted them and reacted to them. I think it's really important, like that reflection, that moment of, huh? Because sometimes the answers are in you. You don't even realize it. You're just, you know, you're too busy. 
you got yeah. too much other um, noise, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's important. And how, how did you transition from dancing to your company? <laughs> Ooh, another one that was kind of like, not really planned. I mean, you know, uh, we got to a point, I remember I was 35 years old. Victor's three years older than me. He's 38. You know, we'd been dancing now like 13 years or so, whatever, professionally. And we kind of were like, you know, what does this all mean? Like, what does this all mean? I mean, and you know, you were in the dance scene, like nobody, I, you know, I don't know if everyone knew. I didn't think that you could make a career like this traveling every weekend. Like there was, a, remember in 98, there was one Congress in Puerto Rico or 99 yes. and another one in LA. And then boom, fast forward a few years later, they're everywhere every weekend. Like who would have thought we would be flown out to Germany, then Japan the next weekend. And then I don't know, everywhere around the world, you know, doing this. Right. So But then you kind of get to a point where it became, you know, mundane, you know, just kind of was like, okay, we're just, you know, even the kind of the novelty of the the traveling and what city you're in. I'm like, I forgot where I'm at right now, whatever, you know, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's just natural. It's yeah. like, I yeah, never yeah, yeah. want to take yeah. it for granted. But so you just kind of look and you're like, okay, now we're this many years in, is this, is this, is this it? Like, are we, is this like, are we going to do this in our forties and our fifties and our sixties? Like, what else like who are we besides dance and we kind of asked that question too like who are who are we because you just get so focused on it and you know the question of I mean obviously he's also my it was he's my husband so it was like you know do we want a family like that was that was something that came up every once in a while we did have some outside pressures as well it's really it can be really frustrating when everyone's kind of like oh you know we were also engaged for 10 years when are you gonna get married yeah like, cares what if we don't oh when are you gonna have babies who cares what if we don't that's in my business you know what I mean but I don't know at some point you're kind of like well do we want is that something that we see for ourselves and if so like what does that look like so we just started having those conversations of what is, what do we look like two years from now five years from now ten years from now that made us really reflect on you know some choices so I was very um vocal about it you know we were going to have a family um I think at that point I'd step away from doing the dance on this level because especially in those young years I just couldn't see myself and this is no shade or no I'm not judging any choices that anyone makes this is me speaking about my choices and my decisions for my life and who I how I know myself to who I know myself to be I am a type of person that's very focused on things. And I knew if I had children, I'd be like, I'll be very focused on children. So the idea of leaving them every Thursday night to travel abroad and come back Monday exhausted and jet lagged um, and or even just taking them with me. I, you know, I don't necessarily feel that that's the lifestyle I wanted to create for a family mm -hmm. or a young family. I mean, if they, you know, when they're older, maybe I could go back to I don't know if that's what I want when I want at that point, maybe. But definitely. So I told him, I said, listen, I, you know, I don't know how you feel because you're, you're my dance partner, business partner on top of being my husband. But if we have a family, like I'm, I might, I might have to tap out, like maybe go once in a while type of thing, but this is going to be the new thing that becomes the focus. Um, and he was like, no, same. I just, I agree with you hundred percent. I was like, okay, great. So we're on the same page. Right. And then we started thinking about, all right, well, if we're seriously going to consider this, what does life look like then if we're not traveling? I mean, that's how, that was our main income generation, Thing, yeah. you know, yeah. like, we're like, well, well, now let's talk about the financials. You know, kind of, 
you do want to have real open and honest conversations, I think, when you're doing any major life decision with your partner, right? Because what does this mean for us financially? I mean, what lifestyle are we going to have? What can we afford with children? Like, what, what are we going to do? Um, so then, you know, the shoe thing was still um, a side thing, but it had it was it was a viable business. I wouldn't say that we could have done it on its own at that point. But it was generating, it wasn't just like a, I sold a shoe once every month or something, like we were generating income off of it. And we, so we kind of thought about it and we, we talked about it. We said, I mean, do you think this business could, has legs to stand on its own? Like, couldn't it really, if we focused more energy, like, you know, all that energy we put into dance, if we kind of shifted it into this new business model, do we think we can create a sustainable living for ourselves and a family that we want to create? And so we, 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 we started imagining, talking, thinking, whatever. And it didn't happen right away. Obviously, this was just conversations we were starting to have. And then one day we said, okay, hey, listen, we're still in this, I don't know, because we didn't know, we, we didn't know if we wanted to let go of dance. And we were kind of mm. like, you know, so we were like, we're going to let the universe decide. <laughs> if it happens, <laughs> it happens, but we're not going to be one of those people that force it. If, it, if it's not meant for us, it's not meant for us, right? So then it happened. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always thought that, you know, I'd go, I'd go on for like six months or so, you know, yeah, I, I would, I didn't mind the showing part of it as, as long as it was healthy for me and the baby, like I would have gone on. But again, the universe said, no, honey, this is not for you and put me in bed. <laughs> so it was a rough oh, pregnancy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough pregnancy. So I literally had to call all the gigs and, and say, we were booked out a year. And I said, I, I can't even stand up. So I, the odds of me getting on a plane and then teaching workshops and dancing, I just, I don't think I can. And everyone was great and thankful and said, well, whenever you're ready to come back, we'd love to have you. But I was, I was okay with staying home. And it actually gave me an opportunity to sit. Uh, I was in bed a lot. So I was on my computer getting a little more serious about this other business and whatever I could. And that's how it happened. It wasn't actually like super intentional. Um, and, you know, it was scary. Um, you know, we had made a couple of wise investments in the background too. I always think it's nice to be savvy. Like we have a couple of real estate. I think that's always a great investment tool. Just have something in the background uh, working for you in case we did have some savings that helped. And then we went for it and, and it took off. Like, it's amazing when you put your energy and focus into something and really, you know, you know, put that, you know, into, you know, speak it into existence almost. And that's where, there we were. I was then at home raising my babies and, you know, it was great. I was very happy. It was, it was challenging in other ways, obviously yeah. business when you have newborn and children, I don't know that I was getting a lot of work done, but then it became, you know, not just Victor and myself, but we've, we've managed to um, attract a beautiful team of people that are um, phenomenal and, and, in everything that they do, right? So whether from the customer service person to the social media person to the operational person, like, you know, and and so this mentality that people have that people did it on their own. I did not do this on my own, okay? None of it, <laughs> you know, even the dancing, I mean, without, uh, you know, a supportive partner, supportive parents, you know, at one point we were living back with Victor's mom, you know, just to keep our rent income as low as possible till we got our, you know, got our momentum going, have you will, to the community, to the, to the, all the teachers and assistants and dance company members that were part of it. I mean, 
they're all part of that, building that, you know what I mean? And same with the shoe business. I mean, Victor and I could never have brought it to this level on our own. It's absolutely impossible. So every single person that's part of this team, thankfully, and then me being kind of a new mother, like it was like crucial that I had amazing people around to help in the process. And I always tell them, I was like, I refuse to be your boss. Like we're all a part of this team together. We run this together. We're invested in it together, you know? And I think, I, I mean, I don't think I know, like that's that's the reason why it's worked. <laughs> and so I'm grateful, I'm grateful for everyone around me. Yeah, it's amazing because there's so many things in your story that are beautiful. First, the thing that you, you know, you said that you didn't choose it, but you were wise enough to listen to the signs that were telling you, okay, so this, because some people will maybe force, you know, okay, I'm still going to dance, I'm still going to go out. And you listen and you said, okay, so this is a sign. This is a sign for me to change. This isn't for me, for my life. Like you said, it doesn't mean anything about anybody else's life. But I choose to listen to these and take a pause. And well, not that you had a lot of choices, but you could have gone back right away and you chose to, okay, let me put all my energy here. So that's beautiful. And to, and to know, I think also that team, it's very important like to work on a team. It really brings up, you know, but you are a leader from the beginning because you were one of the creators of Achimachete and then the creator of these. So do you think that leaders are born? I've asked this question before. I would like your to, to hear your answer they're born or they're made Ooh, that's that nature nurture question you know like <laughs> <laughs> um oh i like to believe that anyone can be a leader i really do because you know regardless of your i guess dna biology right and regardless of your even your upbringing Um, I think we all, as human beings, have the opportunity to make choices, you know what I mean? And I think there's, it's, you know, our minds are really powerful. I really do believe that we have not tapped into everything that we can create for ourselves, you know? Um, so I think when someone makes the choice, and I think it is a choice to like, because we all have demons, we all have our, I mean, I, I, you know, you say I'm a leader. The first one, the first thing I'm doing in my mind is like, oh no, I'm not like, you know, that negative self-talk. Yeah. No, no. I'm so not. I so, you know, I never say thank you when I get a compliment, like all those things are real for me. I, uh, you know, so I think, but at some point, you know, I just think there is a choice or a shift where you're just kind of like, um, there's, this doesn't exist around me, or this is, I haven't seen this opportunity or this kind of situation. And you just say, well, I want to create it. Like, I, I don't want to live a life without it just because it doesn't exist. Because I think, I think I deserve it. I think people I love deserve it. I think communities deserve it. You know, like, you know, there wasn't um, a lot of this kind of, you know, Lawrence, Massachusetts, which the demographic is heavily Hispanic. There wasn't like any place to really learn and Latin dance, like, you know, and it's every, you have to go to Boston to get all that. Right. Like, and it just kind of was like, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's like, why does what we want it too? We don't want to always drive. So we created it. You know what I mean? You want to call that leadership? Yeah, I guess that is leadership. You just kind of make a choice to create when there's a, where there's a, where there may be a lack, where there's a void, where there's, you know, I was frustrated because I wanted my, I love sexy shoes. Okay. I do. It's a thing. <laughs> I love sexy shoes, but whenever I bought a pair of heels from the mall and wore them dancing, my feet hurt so bad. And yeah. then my 
dance shoes are comfortable. I'm like, these are so boring. Like, I just can't. So that I felt like I, it was very selfish. <laughs> I was like, I want hot shoes that I can dance in. And then I kind of was like, maybe others want this too. So I just, you know, I didn't, I guess I never saw myself necessarily as a leader. I wasn't like out to become a leader per se. I just wanted to create where I felt there wasn't. I said, well, if there isn't one, nobody's doing anything about it. I'm just going to do it. Yes, I guess that is leadership. So I think everyone can be one if they choose to, if they put their energy and their mindset and everything, every fiber of their being into something. And so when people tell me what you and Victor did, I could never do that. You know what I mean? And I was like, why? And they're like, because I'm just, I'm just not a leader. I'm just not outgoing. And I'm just, and I'm like, but you understand you put that limitation on yourself. You Mm -hmm. put those labels on yourself and you're going to only act as such because you know, and you, maybe other people, maybe your parents also, so, you know what I mean? Maybe they didn't support you or maybe your community didn't support you or you didn't see other people that look like you that were doing it. So you just said people that look like me or people from where I'm from, don't do those things. Those are all just very mental limitations that are out there. And it's very real for everybody. And I just think at some point, someone, anyone can just say, you know, well, I'm going to choose not to listen. You know, and I think that alone, I think maybe is that act that is where the leader is born when they decide not to listen to the things that limit them and their opportunities. And then they just go for it. And then by nature, other people that haven't made that choice yet follow. I think they might get inspired. Like, for example, look at look at your podcast. Right. You're you're speaking to individuals and getting into their mindset of what made them choose these paths, right? At the end of the day, we're all scared. We all don't believe in in ourselves enough. We all have experienced some kind of maybe trauma or lack of support, whatever. Like they were all coming from something. It's really, it's almost impossible to be human and not experience something. Um, And so like, but it was still at the end of the day, we're like, well, I'm just not gonna listen to that don't do it. You can't, you're not good enough. You aren't. And I'm just going to do it. And it could be the shy person. It could be the out. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, look at you. You say you're not the, <laughs> you're the, the first thing you said to me, I think when we started, it's like, this is just not my thing, but here you are a year into a podcast. You just made a choice. One friend kind of inspired you by challenging you. And you're like, you know what? What if, what if? Yeah, what exactly. If? That's that's how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I guess they're 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 made. I mean, they're made by their own choices, you know, because no one can make you be a leader either, you know. Mm-hmm. Just gotta decide to do something. Yeah. Life. That's my take. <laughs> <laughs> very 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 good. I really like what you're saying. It's because it's sharing also from the choices, the leadership from the choice. And not from, you know, I took these classes or I did this, but also by the choice. And I think when you have a purpose or a reason or something that you want to create that pulls you so much, then it also helps you to overcome all the imposter syndrome, fears, doubts, and all these things. Because you have a, you know, like a mission that you want to pursue. And that also helps. And then if you create a team around you that supports you, that's also a very good leadership skill that you need to have to have a team and to bring all that team in the same direction making the choice of going forward in that in that endeavor whatever it is in your case with your shoes and also your dance company 
And going back to dancing, Bourjou, as a woman, do you feel like there was things that were harder uh, or not? Ooh, we're getting into something juicy there. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, having been out of it for so long now, there's been a lot of reflection about it. Um, and it's interesting the the way the lens changes when you're not, you know, when you're not so in it, like, what is that saying? Like a fish doesn't know they're in water. <laughs> like, yeah. or something like, you know what I'm saying? Is yeah, 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 yeah. Fish doesn't know what water is because it's in the water, yeah. Yeah, right, they don't even, so it's kind of like, you don't know what something is because you're in it. And again, I'm speaking from a place of a bit of, let's call it privilege in a sense, because I had my uh, dance partner was my boyfriend, husband, you know what I mean? And he was, um, I'm very thankful that he is by nature a supportive human. Um, mm -hmm. So he acknowledged early on that I was the creative director of it. You know, I, I was the main choreographer and he always, um, you know, announced it and spotlighted it. And even in our classes, I was more outspoken than him. He was shyer in a crowd. He would let me have like kind of the push me in front, always, always like supporting. That to me is very much maybe not the norm, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, Latin dance, um, I love it and it's beautiful. Please everyone remember that. But there's a lot of... Um, patriarchy and 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 things in there leader mm -hmm. follower leader being always man or male follower women you know what I mean and then from the you know if you just even look at it the nature of the demographic like a lot of the event organizers or the DJs like what's that demographic look like you know all the company leaders and the school owners what does that look like and who's getting all that credit and and things like that and so, you know, again, like, again, I, I'm out of it now. I was just kind of like, so in my whirlwind of a life, I get to travel and dance with my husband. I had, I was met amazing people from all over the world, but yes, there were challenges. Um, um, there were instances where I felt like, um, even though Victor and my dance company or anyone, people that really knew us and loved us knew that I had quite a, at least creative lead in the organization. It may not have been acknowledged throughout when it came to maybe event organizers or something, or even the, we know when little micro things like, you know, when we went to go get paid, who was handing the, who the money, you know, you take note of those kind of things. And, and so, you know, and it, it, it does a thing on your brain, on your mental, um, you know, you know, you wonder if you're good enough. And and to be honest, too, I always felt very, um, this is even another side of it, but, you know, I'm not Latina, you know what I mean? I, I'm Turkish, um, very white, <laughs> you know what I mean, in my looking. So here I am profiting and benefiting off a, a culture um, that's not particularly mine. So I didn't everything in my power at that time that I knew how to keep myself educated and those around me educated. Um, but again, like being female, being white, it's like, you know, are you taken as seriously? Are you appreciated as much? Um, those are the things that you wonder. I don't, I have no complaints about my career hard, uh, but I can, 
I also try to take myself out of the experience and my unique experience and understand that this is a very real situation for many. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that conversations need to be had and there needs to be kind of like a, a, a change in that culture a little bit. Um, you know, we can get into, you know, just in, in general, just the gender roles in general, like how even just if you're not a pro or a teacher or whatever, like, you know, if, if, if two women or two men need to dance together, want to dance together, absolutely, that should be okay without someone having to interrupt that or whatever. So seeing all that and what's happened and just, you know, Ana Masakote from Boston, like there's so many people having these important conversations and leading through art. Talk about leader, you know what I mean? Like leading through art and how opening these conversations, whether it's for for women and their roles, for queer folks and their roles, for people of color and their roles. Like those are all so important that I feel like, you know, we were just so happy-go-lucky in our time there that I, you know, had I had I did it again, I, I would have been more of a voice, especially presenting as I do. Um, so eventually I'd love to go back and go do more of that work, but I have so much learning myself to do, you know, still. Um, so I, I kind of answered your question and I know I digressed a little bit. So I just, I feel like, um, challenges or things, whether it was my own challenges or just challenges that I saw while I was in it. And even now when I've come out of it and I'm kind of looking back from a different lens and different experiences. Um, so, but it's, it's such a beautiful art form, you know, I'd like to see it flourish, but you know, there's, there's some barriers or some things that we have to kind of work on as a community to make sure that it's welcoming for all that it is. Um, and then just like, you know, people always ask me like, are you coming back? Are you coming back? Are you coming back? And I'm just kind of like, I don't know how I'll feel next year or five years from now. Right now, that's not the headspace I'm in. You know, it's not, I don't, I'm not going to drop everything I've been doing and start professionally dancing or teaching again, you know, but I feel like there's still work that I would like to participate with in the community. Although I may not come back as a pro dancer, like performing and teaching and all that stuff. Like, I think I'd love to, if invited, you know, have these conversations, you know, and, and help support the community and grow it. Like some people say, oh, I noticed, you know, cause now I started taking dance classes again for myself, but like mm. I'm doing like pole dance classes and heels dance classes. And it's interesting when you see a different world and a different thing and like in the heels classes and in, even in the poles classes, uh, feminine energy, let me call it feminine energy because it's welcome to all, okay? Feminine energy is something that's celebrated. You know, it's not considered a weakness. It's not, it's considered something beautiful, powerful, creative. And I, I don't know that I experienced that in Latin dance. I, I always saw that feminine energy as a compliment being the follower to the masculine energy. You know, you did the styling after the movement of what was being led was happening, you know? So it was like a second or an afterthought, you know? It was like, if you're if you if you're outshining your partner, it was almost like, mm, what's going on there? Or, you know, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be real, I'm gonna be real honest and transparent. It was never in my nature. And if you remember any of my performances and stuff, like I always kind of saw myself as more funky in the way I dressed and kind of like stuff like that. I stayed away from things that were overly uh, quote unquote uh, looked sexual, let's say, and showed too mm -hmm. much in or whatever. And um, I never 
said anything about anyone else that chose that. But in the back of my mind, whether it was to myself or I was kind of like, well, I don't need to show that to prove I'm a great dancer. But that's so wrong too to say, because ultimately I am thinking that some there's something wrong with being sensual or, or embracing your sexuality and things like that. And I remember those conversations always happening too. Like, it was, oh my God, like why should I do that or dress like that or style like that or why that movement? And it's 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 and it was always kind of directed towards the 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 female, the woman, or the feminine presenting person. And when you're in it, again, fish in water, right? You don't realize it and you kind of brush it off, or oh, because you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to have conflict with people, you don't want to be the one that's being argumentative. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or criticize or whatever. And then you're just kind of like, no, like we should have made more noise about this stuff. Like, and that's, so that's the growth I've been experiencing for myself. Again, like being able to appreciate my own sensuality and, and womanhood and, and, and getting confidence, even though, look, as a mother, I'm like, I don't look like what I did when I was dancing professionally. And trust me, that messes with your brain a whole lot. But I show up to a class and I'm being celebrated. And if I want to wear something and my ass cheeks a little bit out and I start twerking, people are applauding me versus being like, she has no business wearing that. She's 43 with two kids. Look at her body. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, wow, so this can exist and it should exist. I mean, everybody mm. should be celebrated. And who cares if I'm 43 and I start wanting to do twerk classes now? Like, it, and what's wrong with twerking? What's wrong with moving my body? What's wrong with expressing myself the way I feel empowered? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So just so much, and I'm still learning and I'm still growing and things like that. So I want to engage in these conversations with people and just kind of like, you know, see if there's just an overall shift that starts to happen where, where people just become more, open and willing because when you don't know something you fear it and when you fear it you you hate it or you 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 know that's where it can come or judge it or yeah. judge it or you know what I mean yeah. and put it yeah. down us them this that you know so you know I think it's so important that's the other thing is I think all of us need to be better at is like we can love to do something we can love I mean Latin dance consumed everything about our lives but it's important to get yourself out of that, get out of the fishbowl, get out of the water, you know, and be like, oh, okay, this is what this is what air is like. Interesting. <laughs> now I know, um, you know, and then you go back in the water and you have a conversation. Well, guys, like, you know, we can breathe underwater because we've evolved to be this way. But do you know that there's species that breathe outside of water and they're not wrong for doing it? And they're, you know what I mean? Nobody's wrong for doing it. Like everyone's trying to just live their life to their fullest potential. So instead of squashing all of that, whether it's because you're a woman, because of how you identify, your skin color, your body type, your age, your class, blah, 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 your religion, I mean, go on and on and on and on and on, right? Yeah. You know, what my choices won't affect your choices and whether I agree with them or not, I, I can embrace them and I can appreciate that. Hey, are you a good human being? Then we're okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> as long as I, you're not spreading no evil, we're good on this side. I like that we went from talking about the differences that women experience in dance to literally what can fix the hatred in the world. You know? Well, because it's, that's because exactly it. There's a it's, lot of intersections there, though, right? It's almost yeah, yeah. what women experience, the women experience in Latin dance. But then there's so many levels of like, you know, um, where race and age and all kinds of things come into that as well. So there's intersections. So it's like, 
it's hard. It's, it's a little hard almost not to, because at the end of the day, there's kind of this dom, whether it's the patriarchy or this, you know, right. In Latin dance, whether it's okay, men in general or Latin men in general, whatever, like there's, there's some kind of, uh, leading force or governing or this is the way or this is the norm or this is better if you want to call it and then there's the others <laughs> you know saying everyone else and the others and all the experiences and having conversations with people yeah all of this it's funny because in our little bubble of a latin world you can literally experience a little bit of everything that's problematic with our our, our society outside of the latin dance as well it's very true mm -hmm. and i think also because dancing brings emotions you can be in certain jobs where you can cut your emotions and your life back, but there you experience everything, everything from whether I'm important, I'm accepted, I accept myself, how I look, what they say, how I feel, how I connect, how I relate and how I express myself. There's so much in the dancing. So then you experience all of this and you can learn a lot about yourself. And, and you can show the best or the worst or all of it. You know? yeah. So it, it's a, like you're saying, it's a little bubble where you can experiment with yourself and with everybody around. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's cool. It's very interesting. And um, as a woman in business, it sounds like you have such a supported has, supporting husband. So that's really a big, it sounds like a big pillar for you. But as a businesswoman, what is obstacles that you found that has been the hardest for you? It's tough. I think my my experience is so unique. I mean, even even pre-pandemic, we mostly walked, worked out of my home and most of our team is, a lot of them are remote. We've set it up that way. Like we were ready, pandemic or not, we were ready to just kind of be flexible um, with people's lifestyles. Because as a person, work-life balance is important to me as well. So I want to make sure everyone feels that way. Um, so, you know, when it comes to you know, organizational structure as far as stuff, like we have, I, I'm like, I feel like we are so blessed. We have such a su supportive organizational structure. When it comes to dealing with things outside as a woman, I, to be honest with you, I think, you know, when you have your 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 values and your morals and you really, really understand where you're, where who you are, I think it, by nature, you deal with people that are like-minded. I think that there's, a, there's something to be said about, um, you know, for example, you're going to be working with um, a warehouse to handle all your fulfillment, which is our latest venture that we did. We took, you know, we went a uh, third party with that. And just meeting with people, I think there's, they're just, you know, very, you know, we walk in, it's myself, my partner, you know, we're both women and they're having conversations. Like it's respectful. Like I honestly haven't had a lot of those challenges that many might have the the kinds of challenges i'm having now and that being that i want to set exam an example as a business owner as a woman entrepreneur i think there is where my hurdles begin um as far as you know i've made a decision i've always had my values this kind of way, the way we've been speaking, right? But I wasn't always very vocal or transparent with them as an organization or as a business. And, you know, when 2020 happened and everything went down the way it did, it was like literally just kind of like a, a an awakening. Like you just kind of like, we need to, we need to be transparent as an organization. Like there's 
how did we not do this so far? Like, where do we stand on values? I mean, look at the communities we serve. We have to stand up for the people that we're serving. I mean, because that's what we believe. It's not a, because, oh, performative, like, you know, da, 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 da. it's just kind of like, I don't stand for racism. I don't stand for any of that stuff. So I need to be vocal. And when something's going on, we make a statement. We speak about it. We have the hard conversations. So just, uh, you know, I found uh, some, uh, call it resistance to that or some, let's just say it wasn't always approved. And I, you know, and I'm not saying that it was men per se that were just, I'm just general, but I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if it, you know, you can't help but wonder that being that I am a woman in this position that owns this company, that's being the one, the face of it, that it makes it somewhat okay to lash out at a person. So um, I feel like people have lashed out. And all I've done is been transparent and make a statement. I do it personally. I just decided to do it as a business and it was my choice. And I totally respect and understand anyone that feels that they don't agree with my, that they say, I won't support your business. Trust me, I've done it too. If I know a certain organization supports anything like racism or sexism, any of that stuff, I, I make a choice not to put my dollars into that organization. Um, mm-hmm. I don't lash out at, at them. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That, it makes me wonder, is it because I'm a small business that people think that they can do that? Is it because I'm a woman in business that it makes people think they can do that? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's like kind of like the biggest and being kind of an empath and kind of a sensitive person. It That is something... I struggle with, like, you know, you have to really kind of be ready sometimes to, to see some of that come um, at you and, and, and how to deal with it in a professional way. You know what I mean? Okay. This is how you feel. You're entitled to what you feel. Feel free to unfollow me. Feel free not to support my business. That's totally okay. You are a human being. I support your, your decisions to do what's right for you. Right. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of like my biggest struggle path at this time. Cause you know, again, I, I work with amazing people. I mean, yet my organization is female dominated with the exception of my husband and, um, the factory partner and both these humans are amazing to work with all partnerships that we have, you know, whether it's the people that help us do our marketing or, you know, like I said, our warehousing thing, they've all been very great to work with, uh, great partnerships, mutually respectful, mutually beneficial. So I honestly feel like I'm like, wow, like, that's amazing. But there's other little things, like I said, that are, what, because I'm so involved with trying to um, interact with the community, there's times that things come my way. And I'm just kind of like, would, would someone have done this to, you know, I don't know, name a big brand? to Nike. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they're just so big. They don't do deal with it, but I don't know. Like, it's just, it's interesting that that kind of does cross my mind, but those are the things that I, on a daily, like, just want to make sure that I'm always aware of because, you know, my, I don't want them to get in my head, you know, and and have it affect, you know, how I am, you know, with my team, how I am at home with my family, um, and that's why it helps. Like the therapy helps the, you know, having yeah. this group of people around me that can keep kind of, I can 
vent what I need to vent and then kind of gather myself and have a rational conversation and thought and move move forward and keep going. Um, another real and just life choice struggle is, I mean, I am a mom of two and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, anyone that chooses to be parents, and I, I really want to give credit to my husband because he's very much present. Um, our household has never been like about roles, like you're the provider, you're the caregiver. It's never about that. Everything's equal. He comes home from working. He's helping me in the kitchen cook dinner. We clean up together. You know, he did the laundry. I put it away with the kids, you know, like, and the kids are a part of it too. Like we, we, we're always establishing that this is a community where we're all equals and we all take part in that. That being said, <laughs> being the maternal person for your children, um, there is a lot um, that's demanded in your time and your energy and, and lots of different things. Um, and so it's, it's, I think very challenging for me because I want to be there hundred percent for my kids always, but I also want to be for my business hundred percent always. And then it's just, I, I can't do hundred percent to both because who has 200%, you know what I'm saying? Obviously. <laughs> Well, there's always like a 30, 50, 50, 50, 60, 40, something going on, right? Of men. And, and, and so I, I struggle with a lot of guilt. Like if I'm like spending so much time with the kids and I didn't get XYZ done for work, I feel guilty because then the team's like, Virgil, we needed that yesterday. And I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> um, or vice versa. Like if I'm getting a deadline, like the other day, I was very lucky that, you know, we were asked to create some custom crystal shoes, you know, for a celebrity. And it was so last minute that I couldn't have it done in my warehouse and my factory because the sh they wouldn't, the shipping wouldn't have even made it. Like I literally had, I had to get it done in two days and overnight it, let's just say I had like three days total to do it. And I just, I just around me, I couldn't even find anyone last minute to necessarily employ or, or you know, ask for help. So of course, because I never say no, I said yes, and I took it on myself. But like, I went almost two nights without sleeping, and I was exhausted. And my kids were like, "Mom, come play," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> you know? um, yeah, and, and so, like, you know, these kind of things. So I just think, you know, that's always going to be somewhat of a struggle for uh, a woman or a family member in general that decides to have uh, their family and be there hundred um, percent. You know, we had Victor's mom used to live here and that was a great support system and she's moved to Florida. And I, I mean, they it, rightfully so they should live their lives. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it was a big shift last year. I was like, okay, so I don't have that day where I leave them at grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> now what happens, you know? And so I think, but I mean, I, I don't want to say that it's just a women thing because like in, at least in my hold, especially, you know, we're equal. So, I mean, m my husband, Victor, he still, he feels it too. Like he's, he's exhausted after a full day of whatever. And it's like, daddy, let's go outside and play catch. You know what I mean? And then we're all yeah. out playing softball all together and, or, you know, so yeah. yeah, it's hard. I, you know, I'm, I've, I'm always, our society and our world is what it is. And we have these constructs and these things that we are all kind of a part of. 
Uh, but then there's kind of these bubbles. Like I said, I feel like sometimes we're in a bubble and the way we live our lives is a little bit different. So I don't necessarily think that it has to do in general to be to me as a mother or as a woman per se, because my husband feels that as well. Um, I just don't know if being the one that birthed the children has created some kind of psychological effect on me to be a little bit like I just because, you know, and Victor helps me that he's like, stop feeling guilty because then I'm like, but I want to go to dance class, but I feel bad. And he's like, stop, go <laughs> get out. And I was like, well, I don't know how to stop feeling guilty. I don't know how to turn that off. You know what I mean? I, I And again, that's why I'm trying to go to therapy and trying to work because we shouldn't feel guilty because actually by doing that. I'm filling my cup so I can pour more, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that takes time to actually practice. <laughs> you know, you can hear it, but to actually practice it, it's like, yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful that you express it like that because it's a process. It's a process where you're learning new things. You were not born as a business owner. You were not born as a dance, you know, world international renowned instructor you were not born as a parent, so you have to learn. And so you struggle and, and there is a process, but if you have values set, like you were saying, you have values and, and you talk, you have communication to figure out, okay, what is that I wanna do? And what is that I wanna create? And, and then you start working with it and then you start playing with it. And then some days it goes fine and some days it doesn't. And then you recognize, okay, I need to, it's like driving, a, I mean, not driving, flying a plane, you know, it doesn't always go straight. You always hear that they're always correcting, correcting, correcting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna have divorce because there's a lot of turbulence over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so true what you said. And I just think also like um, the practice of giving oneself grace, you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. I totally see that this didn't go well <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Being like, oh, I'm such a, yeah. I'm terrible. I, I suck at this. Blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of that comes from because I'm trying to be a really good example to my children. Like I, you know, I'm really careful with how much I, can self-defeat at times because mm -hmm. you know? um, I'm like, wow, I really do do this a lot. I got to watch myself. So I've, I've had to work on it because they, I don't, I mean, you know, I have, I have a daughter and a son and, and I, I treat them as equals and I want them to know that they have equal access to anything that they want. You know what I'm saying? And, and they can be do and anything and, you know, just be a good human you know what i'm saying and then just understanding that that you know we have to again going back to what we said in the beginning like you, it just seeps in but if we can, can start finding ways to not listen to the negativity and you know we can achieve so much more if we can get out of the the the, the smoke you know what i mean where it's all cloudy and just get out of the fog you can see clear you can see down the road you can see a path you can see a plan You can see like actionable one step at a time things, you mm -hmm. know, same thing, like being okay. A lot of people always ask me like, you know, I, or tell me I could never do that. I could never be a business owner. I could never do it. And I was like, why? And they're like, cause I wouldn't get it right. And I was like, do you know how much I didn't get right? <laughs> do you know how much I failed? Like I, some of the, you know, most amazing entrepreneurs in the world, that's what they tell you. They fall in love with failing, fall in yeah. love, like being able to brush it off. Like, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, yeah. well, what did I learn? You know what I'm saying? Uh, what yeah. am I going to take from this? This was a, so it wasn't a successful business thing, but it was an awesome lesson, awesome life yeah. lesson, business lesson. Now I'm, oh, I'm so well equipped for the next one. So I told my kids, I was like, listen, 
look for the next failure because that just means you're learning another lesson. Like, don't be like, there's nothing disappointed. Mom's not disappointed. Dad's not disappointed. You know, if anyone is disappointed, tell them to please keep it to themselves and go over there to the next room. But like, I mean, you, you, you showed up, you tried, you learned something from the failure, you move on to the next thing. Um, and just having grace, like just not telling yourself you're a failure if you mess something up or you're, you're not worthy because you messed something up. But I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that as a, as a, there was a lot of questioning my worth, especially in dance. You know, it was a lot of comparing myself to others. Um, oh, I'm not doing it like they are, they, that is, or how to, you know. And, you know, it's always, it's always hard when you're trying to do something a little different because you feel alone and then you feel like it's not going to get supported or love, you know, they, they get the standing ovation because they're dancing like this and doing all this acro. And I was just like, but I don't like doing acro, you know what I mean? And so, you know what I mean? Uh, can I still get that kind of love and appreciation for my art, the way I display it? Same thing like when I first started doing the, like, like the shoes in the salsa community and I was kind of bringing all these kind of funkier designs and colors everyone was kind of like but those aren't dance shoes and I'm like yes they are I just made them look a little bit different and it was like hard to get them past the idea that salsa shoes can look different <laughs> like yeah, you can yeah. have something that looks fashionable you know it's interesting like when you, you see that and then and then fast forward now everybody loves it now <laughs> the whole game has changed in a way like I'm looking I'm like Everybody work, walking around with these cute shoes. You don't know if they're dance shoes, street shoes, what they are, but, you know, yeah. so, but it is a lonely, yeah. you need people that love and support you. You need people, you need a therapist. <laughs> Just kind of, <laughs> you need whatever you can get, coaching, you need to read, open your mind, have experiences and fill your own cup. I have to practice my, my own advice. And I am, I've gotten better. <laughs> No, seriously, the last couple of years, but you know, you know the things about putting them in practice, but that's why I am. I'm going, I'm taking dance classes two, three times a week now. I'm, I love it. Nice. I tell my kids, you know, mommy needs time to herself right now. And I'm feeling not guilty about that, <laughs> you know, like, cause they're, they're also older now. So it does make it a little bit easier. Like I could just be like, can you guys just go do some arts and crafts on your own and let let, let mommy have a minute. I just need some quiet time. Like, you know, I love you. Can we play in a half an hour? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and then you get the, oh, but, mm, and you, you get that. And then I'm like, it'll be okay. Remember, mommy's charging her battery. So she'll be on full action mode when she comes back. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I got charge my, you know, you know, your iPad, it doesn't work when the battery's dead, right? Exactly. That's mommy. That's mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta charge the battery, baby. I'll be back. <laughs> Would you and going back to the artists, just not only talking about dancing, but I see a lot of artists that struggle, like they are amazing artists, but they they struggle with not I won't say the business part, but their financial part, their organizational discipline. What do you think that is? And what do you what do you think help you to really make it also a business? Um, I think one of the things is you have to find a way to get the financial and business literacy. Like you'll have to, you know, I, I Victor and I read a lot of books, a lot of books about business, entrepreneurship, or just even just personal growth, self-development and stuff like that, because um, you, you, 
if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you, you got to get the knowledge. So like understanding, like, you know, just the basic economics of I make this much doing this per hour. What is my time worth? Is this more? Because that's the other thing is sometimes, you know, and we're all guilty of it, myself included. You want to chase the, the notoriety, the fame, you know, the spotlight, but is that really the best decision? Like, is this gig really going to, um, advance where you what your goal like the understanding where you're headed like if you're really trying to it's one thing like you know, there's plenty of people that don't need this to be their business because they might have something else right in the mm -hmm. back but if you need this to be your business then yes at some point you want to have um you want to set some plans like i need to you know just like you would have your household budget you need to finance i need to make this much to pay for my expenses to have a living you know da 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 what are the activities I need to engage in that do that? And just in general, like anyone that is a athlete, artist, I mean, you're using your body, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I couldn't have someone else get on stage for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, had, I had to get on stage, right? Mm -hmm. so, you know, you have to know when to take care of yourself too. You have to know when to not work because then imagine, you know, we were always afraid of that. And I think that's what kind of persuaded us to kind of do some real estate investing and have a couple of little other things going on, even the shoes. When I saw that it could be a potential like uh, side thing, it just gave us a little bit of like um, security and insurance. Like, so if we were hurt, I remember early on Victor Torres ACL, he was out for eight months. That's when I learned how to lead. I was like, well, yeah. I got how to teach the partner work classes. So here we go. Right. But imagine, you know, or if I was sick or like, look, look what, you know, when I decided to have a baby, I was, I thought I could go for six months, but I was like, yeah, no, that's the universe is telling me something else. And I need to listen to my body. Right. So I just think if you get some financial literacy and some business literacy, I'm not saying you should do real estate. I'm not saying you should start a merchandise business it could look like different things for different people you know what i'm saying but if you don't get out and get that knowledge you don't know you know mm -hmm. um and also i mean like look at all the people that suffered during the pandemic i mean you get a who would have even you know know that something like that was gonna happen now i think everyone's a little more prepared but like even the idea of like there were some people that were like yourself you had engaged in an online school like that's taking your art your business so maybe you don't want to go do something else like outside of it but like you built an online school so thinking of how to kind of duplicate yourself like mm -hmm. so that's a way that you actually can duplicate yourself because if you film yourself doing something once, you can charge that multiple times online on course, make it accessible for, to people outside of your geographic location. So I think the people that took a minute, took a deep breath, a pause from maybe performing live every weekend and maybe took one weekend out of every month to focus on building something like this, a strategy is something, an income stream that relies beyond your ability to physically go do the work all the time. I think that would, that's, you have to have the foresight to do that. But again, that requires some literacy, some business literacy, because any book you pick up that's about business talks about this stuff, how to, you know, how to not work so hard, you know, make the most out of your time, you know, how to duplicate yourself, how to automate things, you know, certain things should and can be automated. You know, there was a point when Victor and I used to answer all the emails. Well, at some point you have to say, maybe I should get an assistant to do that. You know what I mean? And, and do something else. So um, I think it's really important that you start with the knowledge and then you have to put the things into practice. You have to really just sit there and say, listen, I like the idea. I think the online school business is a path for me. I love it. 
I'm going to do that. Or I think, um, I don't know, maybe there's another way, like you can do coaching, you know, in other ways. Uh, and then just to have that plan and set up, you know, so that your finances, you always, your business always has to kind of be growing. Otherwise I, it's just not going to work. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay. Mm. Make money. Everyone should make money. This is how the society works. Um, but yeah, find out a way, like, can you start some kind of community programs or something, or can you teach other teachers to teach certain classes? And so you're maybe focused on this, you know, track of training while, you know, and then just kind of duplicate there. Um, so you can diverse, diversify within your industry, what you're doing, like even for myself, for example, like we were, we were doing, obviously we do dance heels, but we were very focused on Latin dance. Well, what happened? The pandemic happened. All events are gone. And Latin dance is a social dance and we weren't allowed to get social. So what do you think happened? The salsa dancers stopped buying shoes. They stopped buying shoes. Like I literally, the sales little, the minute they said we're on lockdown, boom, like sales just dropped, right? Because people were like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to go to a Congress is. I don't need dance shoes. But guess what happened? I had started to build relationships in a different genre of dance, heels dancing. And they took to online dancing very quickly, very quickly, much quicker than the Latin dance did. So they, they were still training. And so they were, they started buying shoes. So all of a sudden my ankle boots and my heels dance shoes was, so my salsa shoes did this and my heels dancing was going like that. Why? I diversified within what I was offering, still something I know and I love and I understand, but I created another one. So now I'm working on a pole dance, like, you know, pole, you know what I mean? why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. Right. So you diversify. And, and so when, when some, when there's a storm, right, that airplane reference, like there's turbulence over here and that income stream gets shut off. So you got to kind of find a new route to go. Mm -hmm. Right. So you gotta, you gotta sit, you gotta take a minute and, and after you've learned some things and possibly you gotta figure out what that plan is and make it. Otherwise you can't, it's not, it's not sustain, it's sustainable. Anyone that's just doing the Congress circuit and that's all they're doing. And if they're not building a dance school at home or something in the progress, like that's, that's hard because yeah. yeah, one injury, one life-changing event and you're, you're done. You're, 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 you have no income from that streaming. So what's next? So you have to diversify um, what that looks for each individual. They have, you have to find that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for yourself. But I was, I almost lost the business in 2020. I'm be very honest with you. I was very scared, very scared. And then I think the first few months, it was literally like living off savings and whatever we had left and take out a lot of loans to keep it running as long as I could. You know, I was lucky that I didn't have to lay anyone off, but everyone was kind of taking a little bit less of a cut because we just, I was just better than nothing. Right. And then, and then, you know, I had the opportunity to work with a heels dancer. That's a very renowned um, choreographer to do kind of a collaboration like Kira Harper. And that was, so the pandemic, you know, we got shut down in March and then we launched her line in July. So those like kind of four or five months were scary, but I when we launched that line, let me tell you, I, I don't, we were already selling some heels to heels dancers, but I think it was the, um, just the validity, the kind of like endorsement that doing a collaboration with someone like Kira Harper, who is so well-respected in her, in her craft. And it just kind of put the stamp of like, yeah, this is the shoe brand. And then it was like, 
it was like the business got new breath, life, breathed mm. into it. And now we're so much more successful because now that salsa is back, now we've got the salsa community again and the heels. And like I said, now we're going to try to go in a pole. We're trying to work on some apparel, like diversify, you know? I think that's key. So uh, that's what, if I could, you know, talk to people individually, it's one of the things I would say, here's the top five books I recommend you read. And I say, start a plan to diversify what you're doing so that you can make. And, you know, if you don't have the skill you have to at some point consider figuring out how to build the team to do it, you know, and I get it. Not everyone's like, I can't afford to pay someone. Well, you got to figure something out. Like you either got to make that investment somehow. And if you're going to take a loan, take the loan and it's worth it. Like invest in your business and then watch it grow. Right. Or, you know, maybe there's other, you never know. There's always, you know, maybe you say, okay, like I, what if there's a profit share in the future? Like, let's start this school and we're both in it. Like, and if we win, we both win. You know what I'm saying? And some people might be willing to do that. You never know, but you got to put yourself out there. You got to network. You got to connect with people. You have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to invent yourself because you can't keep doing things old ways, especially the way technology is going, right? I mean, look at this. Like, so the other day, you know, all this stuff about metaverse is starting to pop up. And I sit here, okay, team, what what does it look like to sell shoes in the metaverse? Like, I was like, are we making digital shoes for Avatar? Like, what are we doing? So like, again, something I don't know, but so no, but. It's true. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, because that's so, like having your mind open to what's happening around you. you honey, know, I so that, left behind. Yeah. But yeah. the same thing, like, to be honest with you, online sales is always a challenge, right? Especially if you're selling shoes. And so I always did better at live events than I did online. That shifted after the pandemic. Everyone was like, I guess I'm buying online. So now it's all about how do you make the online experience more personal? Live chats, video conversations, going live on social media. So now people do feel like they're kind of having almost an in-store experience, even though it's virtual. So I can almost say thank you to the pandemic because... It forced me to make my online, I mean, it became a necessity. People had to buy online because they couldn't get to places to buy it. And then it forced me to look at my online presence and say, okay, this is, this is my store. What is the experience people are having? Like, you know, how do we make it one that's enjoyable now? Let's really make it something so people keep coming back, right? So now, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to get left behind. Like if everyone's going to be hanging out in the metaverse part-time, like, what does that look like? So again, something you don't know about. So I, you know, we, I signed up the for a course to learn about it by people that do business in the space already. And mm -hmm. so me and my partner, Dory, when we were here, like it's metaverse learning time, you know, and did we have other stuff we needed to do? Absolutely. But in, in, in business, you need to you need to be looking what's next because it's only coming faster, all the technology, all the things. And yeah. if you don't want to get left behind and if you want to still have a business and if you don't want a life altering or a world altering event to take you out, you have to be diversified, adaptable, flexible, willing to learn, try something different. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. only way. And, and I think the pandemic, like you were saying, was the big teacher, like for two things, to take a break from your life 
Yes. And then to figure out what's next and to learn to accept that change is the norm. And we actually are born with a big change, which is coming out of your, you know, the mother's belly. It's a big change for a human being. And we forget Absolutely. that that's life. If yeah. you don't change when you're born, you die. If you don't stop, you know, start breathing and change your breathing and start eating and, and start like doing all the things that a baby does when it's, you know, just out of the, the mother's belly. I don't know how it's called in English, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the biggest change and and i think the pandemic was a big reminder and i've heard people that have um done well and they almost felt like guilty saying it was actually good you know <laughs> because our business went really well and it's like well that's great i mean it's uh it's a big change so I, change embracing change is really important you know those people are like i don't like change and if you give but and this is relevant to anyone whether you have a business or even if you're just in a career because the reality of this world is changing. Careers will change faster, faster yeah. and faster. So every every kind of manual job it, it may not exist in 10, 20 years. I mean, robotics are gonna they're gonna AI, all of that's coming. It's all yeah. coming. So, yeah. like, do you wanna stay stuck and refuse change and stuff like that? Or do you wanna learn a new skill? Maybe you learn to code so you can program the robots. I don't know, like whatever, you know, but all of us have to, and I think by nature, I don't know it's interesting because like at what point did we become so willing to be stagnant? You know, I feel like our ancestry wasn't that, you know, people moved around, people had to migrate and adjust and adapt to different things. And whether it was because of the climate or the season, I mean, like, you know, you, you when it gets too cold, you got to move to warmer places so you can still, you know, grow some crops or whatever it is. But I don't know, we've, we've kind of built a society. We're like, okay, well, I have my house and I have my job and I just go from here to here and I have my routine and things like that. But it, and and but then kind of it's like, are you missing out on so much? Because I don't know, like learning and, and experiencing new things and trying things, it, it, to me, that's the spice, right? Like that's the exciting part. Like you have to, yeah. and it is hard and it is scary. Trust me, the first time I walked into a social for salsa when I didn't know anything, I was so intimidated. <laughs> And I went home that night crying because nobody asked me to dance because clearly I wasn't anybody known. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Like, so, yeah, I can understand why things like that, like, you know, our brains are also wired to protect us from that embarrassment. Right. That's also a very much a uh, what is it? A instinctual thing, like from when we were, you know, running away from saber tooth tigers or whatnot. So yes, I understand that, but I also think we've we've evolved, and I think we're all intelligent enough to know that we can also do things that empower us. Like we can take classes, listen to audio, read a book. Like we can change that mindset too. So do it. But <laughs> you, know? you said a, you, you yeah, but you said a very important point is our brains for millions of years have been really wired to protect us, and protect us uh -huh. meaning seeing the patterns and I stay in my pattern because I know outside is danger and I can die. And if I, if I am too, you know, important, you know, significant or, or, or I can be seen is dangerous, but if I'm not seen enough, I don't belong. I'm outside of the tribe and that's also dangerous. So I gotta be in the middle, you know, that's yeah. the safe point. And I think we need to remember that the brain is just wired for that and nothing yeah. else. Everything else you have to do it. Everything yeah. you have to choose to do it. Yeah. It's not wired to make you a business owner. It's not wired to make you famous. It's not wired to make you money. It's not wired to nothing. That you need to do is wired to survive, bring children, and die. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Very so, simple life. <laughs> yeah. 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 The rest we have to choose it, you know, and create yeah. it. So yeah. yeah. Man, I will. I will talk with you know for hours and hours. <laughs> 
It's good. I got to say, Buju is a woman that walked the talk in high heels. <laughs> so, <laughs> just listen to all these conversations. It's amazing everything that you share. Uh, there's there's so much juice in it. So I'm I'm really you know really happy that we connected and that you spend this time with us. And I want to ask you the last question before we leave, unless there's something else that you want to share, which I'm, you know, I have all the time in the world, but I want to respect your time. <laughs> and you. that is, what, what change would you like to see in the world? Oh, just one? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, ooh. One of them. <laughs> uh, and uh, I had to say one. I think the one that would make the biggest impact that would affect all the, like the ripple effect it could have is um, I would love to see just people have access to more information. Cause when you don't know what you, what you don't know, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And when you don't know something, it, there's fear, you know, um, which can lead to hate or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I just think like, If if the if everyone just could have access to inf all the information and really be able to learn, because your mind is so powerful, like you said, we have to. Yes, we have some, you know, wiring that's there, but we have so much power to go beyond that. Um, and I just think, you know, when people are able to connect with each other, and that's why I, I I'm. You know, as much as I resisted things like social media and things like that, I think it's so great that we can connect because the amount of stuff I've learned. And of course, you want to follow the right people, like good, mm -hmm. you know, people that are actually there to educate, not just a popular person, yeah. is whatever they yeah. want. Right? Like, but when you get to actually follow the authors of the books that you've read and they're, you know, giving the, the amount of information, the amount of amazing things that we can have access to if we just read and continue. So I just want, I wish, I wish there was a way that everyone could just have that, you know. And it wasn't being taken away from our schools. And because again, it's that fear of, I don't want them to say that or know that or understand that. But if they don't, then they're going to hate it or be afraid of it. So I think for me, that's a big thing. And that's why with my kids, everything goes back to the conversations. And if, you know, I, the things we read and the things we talk about, I, I don't, I don't shelter them. I speak in a manner that they'll understand and won't frighten them. But we've talked about everything. And I think by doing that naturally, they're going to grow up being kind of these independent thinkers that will trust themselves because they think, and my, my business partner and I speak about this all the time, I think a lot of the problems in the world are stemming from people not trusting themselves. They mm -hmm. have to seek uh, someone else saying something You know what I mean? And, and, and then that because they don't have the knowledge themselves, they're afraid. So they trust this one person's voice. And that person's voice could be a really not okay voice, you know what I mean? Harmful, mm -hmm. harmful thoughts, harmful ideas. So I just, I, I don't, I, I don't know if that's a real practical thing. There's, I'm not I'm like, okay, give everyone a cell phone. I don't know. <laughs> But like, it's just, I just wish there was a way we could create this universal access to all information. So then people would learn and learn to trust themselves. And then that way, if they want to be a business owner, they can, if they want to do this, if they want, they can just love more, appreciate more, understand that there's out, there's experiences outside of our own that we may not ever understand, but we should acknowledge and listen. If that person is speaking from that experience, we have no right to say it's not valid because we're not there, you know? So that 
the access to that information somehow. So everybody that's out there just like, and be willing to, like I listen to opposing opinions too, trust me. I'm, I don't wanna be one-sided because I want to be fair. So it's about just learn from any and everybody and, and be as broad with that knowledge. So that was, that's a change. I wish our education system gave us access to that, I guess, because it's the yeah. place where we really do learn a lot. There's so much of our development happens in school and through those years. So, I mean, if we could create some kind of amazing universal educational system that really gave human beings that are young the opportunity to know so much more and have um, access and experience with so much more, and then they can just be these independent thinking like conscious, creative, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. So we're going to change the whole education system, okay? Let's go. There you go. <laughs> That's the next goal. <laughs> That's the next goal. Let's take that off the box. But yeah. Well, thank you so much, Burju, for this time. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun and I, I really enjoy just reconnecting and hear how wonderful and the person that you've become. It's really, it's really wonderful. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm honored. You're amazing. I think stuff like this is, 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 is so important for people to hear. And, and thank you for doing the work. And you're amazing. And let's not wait another 12 years. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you.